Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. God this morning. Amen. You got to enter his gates with thanksgiving and praise, man. Come, when you come to church, man, come, come with a, a smiling, smiling face and a smiling heart because you know, man, God's about to do something. Yeah, like, like Brother Edward. You have to come with that expectation that you're going to have a good time at church. You know, when you, when you go to, uh, when you, when you, well, I don't, if you go with kids, it's a different story. But if you go, if you go on vacation, you know, uh, by yourselves, you, you're, you're over there and, and you got a smiling face. You're like, you're ready because, you know, you're about to relax. You're about to have a good time. And, and, and the same way, when you come to church, man, come expecting God to move. Because when God moves, do you leave feeling different? When God moves, you, you, you feel a little, a little bit of joy. You, you, you leave with a little bit more confidence, right? You feel touched. Come knowing that that is going to happen. That's coming with expectation. And when you come with expectation, there's not going to be a Sunday that you want to miss because you're like, man, if I don't get to the house of God this morning, I might not get my fill. And Holy Spirit wants to fill you this morning. Amen. Amen. Whoo. Praise God. Man, God is so good. God is so good. God is so good, man. Amen. I get, I, I get, I get discouraged when, when I get text messages throughout the week, hey, pastor, I'm not going to be there this Sunday. Pastor, I ain't going to be there this Sunday. And I get discouraged because I, I, like, I like worshiping with, with people. I like worshiping with, with, our, with friends and, and family. And it, it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's just a different feeling. You know, you want your, you want your peeps there with you. Um, and, but, but you guys are here this morning. And, I, and I'm rejoicing with you. And and uh, God, I believe God wants to speak this morning. God really wants to speak this morning. And, and uh, the pastor, uh, uh, Daniel, not, not this pastor, Danny, pastor, uh, guest speaker that came. And he, he touched on a lot of things that I believe were confirmation um, on this word. And, and so I'm, I'm excited to share it. I'm just going to ask for just a moment of your time this morning. And, and now, now you can, uh, you had a little break. Now I'm going to ask you to, to stand with me. We're going to go to the book of Mark chapter 7. Mark 7, I'm sorry, Mark 6, correction, Mark 6, verse 7, Mark 6, verse 7, and verse 12. And when you have it, you can say amen. I want to give it up to uh, Pastor Brandon this morning because he went above and beyond. He opened my iPad for me. He opened my water for me. He, uh, he was like, you're a lefty, right? I'm going to put the Bible on this side. Well, that's, a, that's, a, that's another level right there. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Mark 6, uh, 7 and 12. You have it? Amen. It says this. And he called the 12 and he began to send them out two by two. And he gave them authority over the unclean spirits. Verse 12 says, so they went out and proclaimed that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. Amen. Why don't we go to Mark 9 real quick? It's just a few pages over. And we're going to read verse 14. So you have Mark, Mark 6 in mind. And now this is what Mark 9, beginning at 14, says. And when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them and scribes arguing with them. And immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, were greatly amazed and ran up to greet him. 
And he asked, Why, what are you arguing about? And someone from the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And when, whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he phones and, and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. And so I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. And he answered them, Oh, faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. Hear the confidence of Jesus. And verse 25 says, And when Jesus saw that the crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to him, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out, and the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted, uh, lifted him up, and he arose. And we, when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, this cannot, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but what? Prayer. Amen. That's the story this morning. Why don't we go to God in prayer? Heavenly Father, we pray this morning, my God, that you just, you take this moment, Father God, and you just maximize it, Father. I pray that right now in this moment, Lord, your, your, your spirit speaks through me, my God. I pray that any of these words that come out of my mouth are not from me, but, by, but from you, Holy Spirit. And I pray that you give us a, a contrite and humble heart this morning, my God, to receive what it is that you have for us. In Jesus' name, and we said, amen. Amen. I have, have a seat. This morning, I want to talk about, I want to talk about breaking strongholds. Breaking strongholds, because, you know, as Christians, we are going to encounter strongholds. Strongholds might exist in our own lives. This isn't to say that Christians can be demon-possessed. We cannot be demon-possessed because we, the Holy Spirit lives in us. But even we battle things that are opposed to God. We wrestle with unclean spirit. We wrestle with dark forces. And uh, we all have weaknesses. Amen. We all have weaknesses that will often trigger our flesh more quickly than some other things. And, and so we're all going to deal with strongholds in our own lives. I believe also as Christians, we're also going to encounter people many times who have unclean spirits. We're going to encounter people who are even demon possessed. And you might not realize it, but they may have demons living in their spirit. And they need spiritual freedom. And God has sent you. And God has given you authority as he gave the, the apostles to cast out these unclean spirits. And we know that greater is he than he who is in the world, right? And, and he, the power of God, lives in us. We don't, we don't need to fear evil spirits. We don't need to be afraid. When we walk through, through the valley, when we walk through the shadow, when we walk through the, the darkness... If, if you are a Bible-believing Christian and you have the Holy Spirit in your temple, you, why, why are you scared? Why are you scared? I tell, I tell Layla that. I tell Layla that when she comes down, she's like, I'm, I'm scared. I'm like, what are you scared of? You know that Jesus lives inside of you? You know how much power you have with Jesus inside you? What are you afraid of? And so many times we need to tell ourselves that. What, what am I afraid of? Because I have Jesus living here. Here in, this, in these passages, we see two different stories in regards to the disciples. Mark 6, Jesus gives them authority to cast out demons, and, and they're even successful doing so. They, they, they cast out demons. But here in Mark 9, the disciples attempt to cast out this unclean spirit from this little boy, and they're unable to do it. And so the question is, well, what changed? 
Why were they able to do it before, but now are not able to do that? What, 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 it, it seems as if their authority kind of went away. It's not there anymore because they were able to do it before and they're not able to do it now. And I bet you that was frustrating them. I, I bet you they were there in front of that demon. They were like, man, what is going on? Why can't we do it? And they were talking to each other and they're probably arguing. And, and one of them, and Andrew was like, no, that's not the way to do it, man. And, and this, you have to do it this way. And, and remember what Jesus said, like it's a formula, right? I bet you they were frustrated because they were able to do it before, but now they're not able to do it. And I, I, I hate that feeling of regression. I hate the feeling of, of being able to do something in one season and not able to do it in another. That's, that's, that's frustrating to me. I, I imagine that's what it feels like to, to get older, right? Not I imagine. I am getting older and I do. My, my, my body can't keep up with my mind as much all the time. And I, uh, you know, I, I recently stopped, not, not, not recently, uh, maybe a year or two ago, I, I stopped going to the gym as much as I was going in a previous time in my life. And um, can't tell. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but, but sometimes I get to the gym on occasion and, and, I, and I get to the rack or the squat rack or whatever it is. And I rack the weights and I'm like, I, I could do this at 25. Surely I could do it at 32, right? And then I, and then I lift it and I go and I, I take it off of the, the rack and I'm like, man, if I go down, I'm not coming back up. <laughs> I'm going to embarrass myself or, or I'm going to hurt myself. And, and it's, it's frustrating because if I used to be able to do it in the past, I should be able to do it better today, right? But the truth is we all have those seasons of, of growth and, and stagnation and even regression, and we have to realize that. And I know that it's frustrating, but you're going to have times in your life where, where you deal with things more immaturely than you would have before. Where things bother you today that didn't bother you in the past. You know, sometimes I leave church and I'm, on Sundays after I preach a message, and sometimes I'm like, Holy Spirit, man, you preach that word. You preach that word. And then other times I leave Sunday and I'm like, Holy Spirit, where were you today? You left me hanging. And, and it makes me feel sometimes less anointed. Like I was more anointed last week or I was more anointed three Sundays ago. Why, why am I less anointed today? Why am I, I feel less called today, less authoritative today. And sometimes I think, well, maybe my calling is just running its course and it's, it, it, I'm in a season of regression. And then I go to God, like, honestly, I go to God, like the, the disciples went to Jesus and I asked him, why can I do this as well as I used to be able to? And I think. I'm kind of sidebarring here, but sometimes God will have you in a season of regression so that other areas of your life get the attention that they need to grow, right? For, for example, I've been telling people, man, that my singing voice isn't what it used to be anymore. Uh, I get tired real quickly. After singing like five songs, I'm like, I'm, I'm done. And that never used to happen before. I used to be able to hit some certain notes that I'm, I'm, I struggle to, to hit now. And I think that just after years of, of singing and, and, and now after years of, of preaching as a, as a, a, a screaming as a preacher, because I scream when I preach, it takes a, it takes a toll on the voice and I get frustrated and, you know, because sometimes I, I go for those high notes and, and, and I'm confident about it, you know, I'm like, I raise up, and then, right, y'all know what I'm talking about, right, y'all can, y'all can agree, it's okay. I, y'all heard it. Y'all heard the voice squeak. And sometimes Alexa's like, bro, you need, to, you need to lower that key a little bit. It happens. It happens. And it's frustrating because I used to do it before so, so seamly, uh, uh, seamlessly. 
but it, it, it's harder to do it today. And so I had to kind of, you know, I was forced to step out of, of where God had me in one season in my life as a worship leader to now be able to focus on this. And I'm a little bit stubborn. I have them schedule me at least once a month. But, but I, I, I felt like this had to get the attention that it needed because this is my current assignment. And, and we have to realize, church, because I know it's frustrating. You're not going to be able to grow in every area of your life all the time. And so instead, what we need is the discernment to know where God has us in, every, in every, any given moment and give that the attention that it needs to flourish and grow. I, I want to grow in where God has called me to. Right. I don't want to get really good in a place where God didn't ask me to do anything. Right. I want I want to grow in my assignment. And now going back to the disciples, I kind of sidetracked there. Jesus gave them assignment. He sent them out. And with the assignment, he gave them authority. God will never give you authority. God will never give you an assignment without giving you the authority. He's never going to give you an assignment. He's never going to give you a task without equipping you and giving you authority. If God called you to something, it means you have God's approval to do it. And if, if you've been made alive in Christ, like many of us have, you have the authority to speak to, to people about your faith. Stop, stop doubting yourself. You, you have the authority to tell somebody Jesus loves you. You have that authority. God gave it to you. You have the authority to cast out evil in your home. You have the authority. If God called you to lead, you have the authority to lead. If God gives you an assignment, he will give you the authority. You getting that? How many have an assignment here by God? God has given you an assignment, and, and not just that he has given you authority, but this is the, the key difference here that I think that we don't, we don't realize. Authority is not the same thing as power. Authority is, is different than power. And it's, it's very possible to have the authority to do something, but not the power to do it. How? How is that possible? I, I have the authority over my children. That was the way that God designed it. That's, that's, that I, I, have, I have the authority to tell them to go to bed, to get up, brush your teeth. I, I have the authority. God gave me that. He gave us that authority as parents. As the priests of our home, we have priestly authority. And not, not, not just that, but I also have legal authority over my children. I can, I can sign on their behalf. I can, I can make decisions on their behalf. If I wanted to throw away all their toys because they don't pay rent, and it's just clogging up the, the, the house. I can, I can give all those toys away. I don't know if I have the same authority with my wife. But, but I have that authority over my, my children. But I don't have the power to make them obey me. Now you're thinking, I don't know how a pastor does it in his house. But in my house, I've got the power. No, brother, you, you don't have the power. You think you have the power because your children respect your authority. That's the difference. Your kids have their own mind. They have their own will. If they absolutely wanted to, if they were demon children, as they call them, they could choose to rebel. They could choose not to obey you. And you could scream and you could, you could bring some intimidation to your voice. You can threaten them. You can spank them. But the power to respect your authority belongs to them. This is why it's a command 
children obey your parents. They had to be told to do something because we don't have the power to make them do it. The disciples had the authority. They had the authority because they went out in in the name of Jesus. Jesus is God. His name is over every other name. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue will confess, right? He is the creator of all things. That is who sent the disciples. Therefore, they had the authority. But sometimes authority isn't enough. Sometimes, I know it's hard to say amen to that. You're like, no, no, it is enough. No, it's not. Sometimes authority falls short. Let me give you an example. Moses went to Pharaoh with authority. He went to Pharaoh saying, the I am sent me. God, Yahweh sent me. He went in the authority of God, but just like stubborn children can care less about your authority, Pharaoh didn't honor the authority of Moses. And if you recall, it wasn't the authority that took the Israelites out of Egypt. It was the power of Yahweh who took them out of Egypt. Okay, that's the difference. And so maybe you're wondering why your prayers haven't been answered. Why is your ministry not effective? Why are you still battling with the same strongholds? It could be because even though you have the authority, you don't have the power. Not everyone respects authority. If I come in the name of God, as I do every Sunday, and I give you a word, every, every Sunday I give you a word, you're going to respect the authority, not, not of me, but of he who sent me, right? That's, when Moses went to the Hebrews, they respected him because they respected God. They received him as their leader because they respected God, because they had a reverence for God. Couldn't say the same for Pharaoh. But the Israelites knew who God was, and because Moses came in the name of God, they respected the authority of Moses. The main reason that I think church folk respect pastoral authority is because church folk respect God. David, David didn't care much for King Saul. He didn't care. I mean, King Saul was trying to kill him. He was trying to kill him. He's trying to take him out. And also David knew what his assignment was. He was about to be the next king. He could have taken out King Saul right then, right there in the cave where Saul was. He was using the restroom and, and he was actually trying to find David. And David gets this opportunity. He's like, you know what? I can I could usurp the throne right now and I could take him out right now. But he had reverence enough for God to respect the authority of the man who was placed there by God. That's see. We respect authority, but not everybody does. Not everyone respects authority, which means sometimes authority isn't enough. You know who doesn't respect authority? Demons. Strongholds. Evil, unclean spirits. People who don't believe in God. They don't care about your authority. I know this is kind of controversial. I know some of you are struggling with it. But demons don't respect your authority. They don't care how much Bible you know. They, they, I mean, they, they probably know more Bible than, than most of us. They don't care that you go around walking with the Bible all the time. They don't care where you went to seminary. They don't care if you call yourself a pastor or a prophet or an evangelist. Because they don't respect authority. Criminals don't respect laws. They don't care if you have a badge. They don't respect law enforcement. Everybody respects power. 
Everybody respects power. If you don't respect power, something's wrong with you in the brain. Everybody respects power. And in in chapter five of Mark, Jesus, he drives out legion, right? You, You recall that story? Legion represented hundreds, maybe thousands of demons that possess this one man. And the Bible says that, that people couldn't contain him. Chains couldn't keep him bound. He would keep breaking them. And so he had to be a recluse. He had to, he had to live in, in a cave somewhere excluded from everybody else because no one could subdue him. But then Jesus gets out the boat. And, and the Bible says that the, the, the demons fall before the feet of Jesus. And you know what they say? What, what's, what's the request? They say, Jesus, don't torture me. Jesus, don't torture me. The word for torture in the Greek, it means to cause pain, like what torture means. They were afraid that Jesus was going to cause them pain. You don't fear pain because of authority. You fear pain because of somebody's power, because of what they can do to you. Therefore, there may be certain spirits that don't respect your authority, but they will respect the power that is in you. You want to break strongholds, church? You need power. You need You want to break addictions? You need power. You want to see miracles? You need the power of the Holy Spirit. That's going to be the difference. I have authority. You have authority. And sometimes we try to rebuke spirits that don't want to be rebuked. And we get firm with them. <clears throat> Demon, you better get out. In Jesus' name. Do you know who I am? They don't respect authority. They respect power. And if you come with authority but no power, you're not going to be able to win that battle. And power, church, is something that takes work. It takes, it takes work. It, authority doesn't take as much work because if God calls you to something he doesn't need to call you again tomorrow morning. If your assignment was given by God yesterday, it's probably the same today. You don't have to check in with God. Be like, God, you still want me to do that thing? Yes. <laughs> still want you to do that thing. If God called you in this season to teach, you have the authority to teach. If God called you to be a priest in your home, which is a lifelong calling if you are a Christian and, and, a, and a parent, You have the authority. That's not going to go away. Power takes work. It has to be built. And this is going to be the key difference, church. This is going to be the key difference in, 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 in leaders, in the effectiveness of your ministry. You might have authority, but you need power. You, you might not have a hard time leading the people who respect your authority in your ministry, but what happens when someone comes in with a rebellious spirit? And you don't know what to do, so you're like, let's just get them out of here. Can I tell you that that's what happens? When someone is uncontrollable, when someone, when we don't know how to deal with something because it's new, and, and they, don't fall, they don't play by the rules like the nice Christian church folks do, let's just get them out of here. What if you had the power to cast out that rebellious spirit? 
and they could be free and they could become those nice church folks that, 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 that are here worshiping God together. But we, we don't, we don't do it like that because we've been taught differently. You have to act a certain way to come to church. You have to, you have to be, you better behave. What if we had people full of the power of the Holy Spirit who would shut the demons up, who would shut the crazy up in Jesus name? What if we came not just in authority, but power? Dads, this is going to be the the key difference for your families because you you bring your children to church and they, they, they come to church respecting your authority. But what happens when a stronghold is trying to take over your children? We've become complacent, guys. And, and only possessing the authority because we only surround ourselves with people who respect authority. Maybe you've never needed to exercise power. So you, you, you haven't developed that relationship with the Holy Spirit in order to, for, to have him empower you in a way that the world needs. Realize this, man. Jesus, Jesus didn't have a church ministry. The disciples didn't have a church ministry. Jesus wasn't the pastor of, of the local church down the street. Jesus, Jesus' ministry was to establish a church, really to establish disciples to establish a church. And so, so they had to have the power to go out into an unbelieving world who would not respect authority. And that is why the Holy Spirit came over them in power, because you can have the authority, but unless you have the power, you're not going to be very effective. But here today at church, you know, most Christians, we just have church ministries and church folk respect God's authority. But what happens when you encounter an unclean spirit and they don't care about your authority? He doesn't care that you just got out of a really nice worship service. He doesn't care that you led worship. He doesn't care that you preached an awesome message. He doesn't care who you are. He doesn't care about anything And so your credentials don't matter as much. Will you possess the power to break the strongholds? I I think this man, I, I think. We all need to hear this message. We need to hear this message. Because we've been, we, we, we have we've just been so comfortable, man. So comfortable just, just playing church. Comfortable just having people respect our authority and calling that power. And that's, that's not going to change a world. That's not going to heal a world. That's not going to save this community. Power doesn't, power doesn't stick around like, like authority does. Power can be lost. Samson had the authority to do the Lord's work, to do the Lord's will. His assignment was to drive out the Philistines. He lost his power. The disciples had the authority to cast out demons. They were able to cast out demons. And Mark's, uh, in Luke's account even says that they had the power to do it. But at some point, they lost it. Power can be lost. You can't operate on yesterday's anointing. You can't operate on yesterday's power. You can't assume, well, because God used me in a mighty way last week, 
that he's going to use me in a mighty way this week. If last week the difference was you spent every, every moment with the Holy Spirit and you didn't even talk to him not once this week, that's going to be the difference. Power can be lost. And they couldn't figure out why. Why couldn't we cast out the demon? I mean, I, I bet you they were, they were super like confused and perplexed. And, Jesus, we, we did it. We did it before. Why couldn't we do it this time? And Jesus says, this kind cannot be cast out with anything but prayer. When I was studying this, I was completely blown away by something. It's not obvious in the text. And I'm going to share it with you, and you're probably not going to be as excited as I was. Um, I, I, do, I do that a lot. Like, I really get excited about, like, geeky, like, nerdy and theology and Bible stuff. And I share it with people, and they're like, cool. Uh, but I'm going to share with you anyways. Um, <laughs> So I'm, I'm, I'm right now. I'm, I'm so I went back to school and I'm taking a Greek class right now. And so I'm having to learn how to to read the Bible alongside the Greek text. And I I, I realized something that I wouldn't have realized in my in my English version of of the Bible, where it says the, the the word that Jesus uses for cannot. He says this kind cannot be cast out by anything but prayer. The word that Jesus uses for cast uh, cannot. Pastor Danny knows this one, is dunamai. Dunamai is the verb for dunamis, and dunamis means power. How do you get, how do you get power from cannot? So that I was like, whoa. And this was towards the end of my, my study. I was like, he really is connecting power with the reason. It's because they didn't have power. And Jesus was connecting power to prayer. Without prayer, you're powerless. (laughs) Jesus told the disciples, because you haven't prayed, bro. That's why. You haven't prayed. You've been walking with me. You've been getting some quality education. You know how I do it. But you haven't prayed. That's what I'm saying. You can, you can have the education. You can have, you can have the, all the Bible knowledge. You can, you can have all these, all these letters before your name. You can, you can have all the positions and all the titles. But if you don't have a prayer life, you have no power. You have no power. And listen, Jesus wasn't saying that the disciples needed to stop and pray in the moment where they encountered the demon. That's, that, that's, not, what he, that's not what Jesus did. Jesus didn't see the, the sick boy and say, oh, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus I come. No, he, he didn't do that. He had already built a prayer life outside of that moment. Je- the Bible says that Jesus commanded the spirit out of the little boy. So, so what does that tell us? It tells us that Jesus used his authority to cast out the demon because he already had power. You don't build power with one prayer. Just like you don't build strength with one workout. It's got to be habitual. You, you, you've, got, you've got to hit the gym when you're fired up and when you're weak and you don't feel like it. You've got to go to God in prayer in times of, of strength and when you're full of joy and you're fired up and you, and, and you just got out of an awesome worship service and you have to go to him when you're weak and you don't feel like it and you're sleepy and you're sick and you just you don't want to go to God in prayer. That is the difference. That is the difference. 
If, 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 if you can go to God all the time, all the time, that is when power begins to build. Because I know how to go to God in prayer when I'm strong and I know how to go to God in prayer when I'm weak. All the days of my life, I am in communion with God. And if God is, is filling me, the Holy Spirit will empower me. And so when I look at churches around our nation not operating in this power, I'm forced to question the prayer lives of people in church. I'm forced to question the relationship aspect. Because you have the authority. But where's the power? You won't break strongholds, church, with authority alone. You won't win battles with authority alone. The authority has the company power. And I'm almost finished. But maybe you've been, and I'm going to speak for myself. I'll speak for myself. There's, there's been times where I have, I have rebuked things that I don't want in my life. I have rebuked things out of my home. I have rebuked things from people at the altars. I, I've, rebu- I've, I've spoken in that authority because I know that I have the authority. Sometimes it doesn't happen. And, and look, I'm not saying that once you possess this power, you can go in the hospital room and just lay your hands on every sick person. And, uh, that, that's, that's not what I'm saying. But, but what I'm saying is if, if there is a stronghold that is not from God and God has given you the authority to break, you should be able to break it. We should be able to break it without questioning. Well, maybe it just wasn't God's will. If, it, if, it's, a, if it's a spiritual stronghold, it is God's will. Drive it out. Drive out evil. Evil doesn't belong in your home. It doesn't belong in your spirit. You've been trying. You've been binding. You've been rebuking. Nothing. Nothing. Maybe it's because you don't possess the power. And man, I I want that power, man. I want the power of the Holy Spirit. I want the power. I want the dunamis of the Holy Spirit over my life and over my ministry and over my home and over, over, over these hands and over these feet and over these lips. I want the power of the Holy Spirit because what am I doing? Can I get some keys, angel? The Holy Spirit's empowerment is available, church. It's in this room. It comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody possesses the Holy Spirit. If you said yes to Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. It is impossible for the Holy Spirit uh, to, to, to not be in you if Jesus is in you, if God is in you, because the Holy Spirit is God, right? We all receive the Holy Spirit upon salvation, but the power of the Holy Spirit, the power, listen, listen, somebody, the power of the Holy Spirit comes when you make yourself available. It comes when you seek him. It comes when you desire to please him. The Holy Spirit wants you to want the power. He wants you to desire the power. And and he'll see your desire by seeing what kind of lifestyle of prayer you have. 
You have to make yourself a student of the Holy Spirit, guys. You have to make yourself a mentee of the Holy Spirit. This is where power comes in, and it's all through prayer because prayer is communion with God. It's, it's you speaking to God and God speaking to you. Look, listen, listen to this. If, if we were going into battle, I got everybody's attention real quick. If we're going into battle and, and we enlisted the whole church to go in and fight this battle, you ready for this? Just because you're in the army doesn't make you a warrior. Just be, I'm going to say it again. Just because you're in the army doesn't make you a warrior. A warrior isn't someone who fights in a war. A warrior is someone who has been trained for war. You're not a prayer warrior because you're a Christian. You're not a prayer warrior because you pray before you go to bed. You're not a prayer warrior because you pray anytime someone is in need of prayer. You are a prayer warrior if you have been trained in the art of praying like war. And if I'm, in, if I'm in need of a miracle and I'm sick, I want prayer warriors to pray for me. <laughs> Send the prayer warriors. Send the ones who know how to pray. Send the ones who pray without ceasing. Pray the, pr- send the ones who aren't going to give up when they, when they lose hope and, and they don't see me getting better. Send the prayer warriors, the one who has been trained for battle and spiritual warfare. Just because you're in the army doesn't make you a warrior. The Holy Spirit may dwell in you and praise God for that. But he will only empower those who are willing, those who are available, those who seek him earnestly. Pray. Pray, church, outside out, outside of the church and inside of the church. Pray when you need something. Pray when you don't need something. Pray just to say thank you to God for everything I have. Just pray. Pray. Commune with the Spirit. And He will empower you. He will empower you. There's another side to this. There's people who possess the power, but they don't think they have the authority. And you know God speaks to you. You know God uses you. You know God moves in you. You know God reveals some things to you that that he hasn't revealed to a lot of people. You know that, but you are not confident enough to speak because you feel like you don't have the authority. Prophesy if you can prophesy. If you've got a word, prophesy. If you've got the discernment, speak it out. If God has given you power, know that he's also given you the authority. And if God has given you the authority, seek the power of the Holy Spirit over your life. Because, man, our world needs it. Our world, we, 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 are, we are battling in this world against not flesh and blood, but about, but we, we fight against the powers of the darkest, the power of evil. A powerless church will have nothing to go into battle with if we don't have, if we don't have the power of the Holy Spirit living in us. I desire, man, I desire, I desire, I desire that we all just have that zeal for the power of the Holy Spirit. 
what would it look like? What would it look like? What would our what would the next generation look like if we actually had some spirit-filled, power-filled Christians going out? What would it look like? What would our families look like if we had mom and dad filled with the power of the Holy Spirit? What would their genera- the next generation look like? And, and, and their generation, what would it look like if we just had the power of the Holy Spirit? Because I'm seeing the world now. Salvation is available, man. Miracles are available. Healing is available. The power is available. But we have to seek it. Bible says in Luke I didn't even write down the reference I think it's Luke 4 Jesus has this other encounter with an unclean spirit I'll just, I'll just read it to close it says in the synagogue there was a man who had an unclean spirit, a demon and he cried out with a loud voice he says ha what have you to do with us Jesus of Nazareth Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. You are the Holy One of God. The demon recognizes his authority. But Jesus said, rebuke, Jesus rebuked him saying, be silent. Come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him down in their midst, he came out of him, having done him no harm. And they were all amazed and said to one another, what is this word? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits and they come out authority and power what would happen if we possessed that authority church what would our churches look like man what would our churches look like what would our young people look like what would the schools look like what would the workplace look like if we had a church that was filled with the power of the holy spirit we wouldn't just be preaching in theory. We wouldn't just preach. We wouldn't just be preaching an idealized version of what we would hope to happen. We would actually be living it. And this morning, the power of the Holy Spirit is here. He's available. I'm going to ask you to stand. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.